0: Well, good morning. How's everybody doing back there? Well, it's good to be back. Um, you might be able to hear it. My voice is almost 100%. Uh, it's still a little bit of stuff going on there. It's been a, anybody else dealt with this thing? This sinus, you know, plus it's sinus stuff too, right? It's, it's allergy season. The, so it's just been a ride. Every morning, wake up and you're just like, phew, your head's all like, you know, pressure and stuff. So um, I did appreciate Jesse. How many were here last week? Yeah, Jesse tore it up, didn't he? He did it. it's, it's hard to follow that, um, but I'll do my best, but it's always great to have him when he can step in the pulpit and share um, what God has on his heart. So we are going to jump back into our uh, exile series today. and uh, if you if you haven't checked out the other two messages, uh, they were the two weeks previous to last week, I'd encourage you to do so. And you know the, the idea is it's all centered around worship, right? Uh, when the, the children of Israel were, were in exile, and as they returned back to Jerusalem, um, you know, they, it was all about coming back to this place where they were able to worship the Lord. And you know, this morning, as we were singing and, and you know, just lifting our voices and, and our hearts to the Lord... Um, you know, I hope, and I think I might have mentioned this two weeks ago, you know, that we really pause to think about what it is we're saying, right? Because it's very easy just to kind of go through the motions, you know, this, you know, we come here every week, it's the same environment, the same people kind of, you just, you just can kind of relax, and you can almost just sort of sing the words without really coming from your heart, right? And so we always want to approach God and and approach in that attitude of worship, and so, you know, uh, the first uh, message we did in this series was, was called restored to worship. The second message was reason to worship. And today it's gonna the title of today's message is The Return to Worship, right? And it's returning, it's coming back to the Lord. And you know we all uh, at different times in our lives, I think can maybe can maybe wander or stray, can't we? I'm um, just go like this and just keep looking here and nobody'll know it's you. Right? It's it's true. We we just we can tend to do that. Our hearts can wander if we're not careful. And we go through seasons maybe where things are getting, you know, hard and we can we can we're just prone to wander. And you know, so we, we want to really look at, and I think it's good news for all of us, the fact that there, there is this return. We can always come back to God, can't we? We can always come back. And because you know, the, right behind me is this the cross there, center and, and front and center where it should be. And that's that's the reason, that's our, you know, what we need to be reminded of. And so, in our account today in Nehemiah, we're going to be in chapter 9, if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn there. But remember that the Israelites have been hearing, again, this, this scene where they're in all this crowd, they're hearing from the book of the law of Moses, and they're celebrating the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. And so that's kind of the environment that, that we're in right now as, as we look at this account. And, you know, part of the process of that time or part of what they would do during that account is to walk through the exodus, right? The exodus of their ancestors, their time in Egypt, uh, going through the wilderness, and how God was faithful to sustain them and eventually bring them into the promised land. And that's what the whole feast was about, you know? And today, you know, it it was, we're going to, again, look at this, a a large section of scripture I'm going to read through because it's really like a prayer, and you know i think it's a great place for us to begin our time but what i want you to kind of go into this with the mindset i want you to go into this with is that it's it's about i know this is going to be crazy it's about god and god's being faithful and a crowd this size the many people watching online I'm there i am positive and i'm confident there's and i know some of you there's story after story testimony after testimony about how god has been faithful in your life. And the fact that you're sitting here in this room today or watching online, it is a testament to God's faithfulness, amen? And so we always need to start from that place. We always need to begin from that place as recognizing God and his faithfulness. If you're like me, I can, I can very easily make things about myself if I'm not careful. <laughs> because when we have a problem, it's, it's, it's big to us, right? We're going through something, and, but we always need to start at the place that God is faithful. God is faithful. And so today, uh, again, the, the Levites, or the scene is the Levites are leading the exiles in this prayer. And I want us to jump in uh, in chapter 9, and we'll jump in uh, in verse 5, after all the, the names and, and everything. And what I want to do is it's going to, we're going to kind of read through this chapter as we start. And I know I was thinking about it like, you know, it's a lot of scripture. Isn't that horrible, though? Like when we think about is it too much scripture? You know, is it too long? And so I I just, I I know it's going to be a little bit. But what I want you to do is, if you have your Bibles, follow along. If you don't, uh, I think the words will be on the screen. But I want you to understand, like, as we start our time, I don't want us to approach this as, you know, reading this from way back when, when it was written. I want us to really think about and and to understand that this is for now as well. And I want you to take note of how they are acknowledging God and some of the other things that are happening, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna unpack a section of it, okay? So let's jump in again uh, at the end of uh, verse five where it says, stand up and bless the Lord. So stand up and bless the Lord, your God, from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. Again, picture that crowd of people and this, this being proclaimed. You are the Lord, you alone you have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve all of them, and the host of heaven worships you. You are the Lord, the God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and gave him the name Abraham. You found his heart faithful before you and made him with him the covenant to give to his offspring the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite the Perizzite, the Jebusite, and the Girgashite. And you have kept your promise, for you are righteous. I'm going to pause there. We're going to keep going. Do we see where the focus is right now? <laughs> it's not here. It's where it should be, right? It's on God. And that's, that's what's uh, really great about this. Let's jump back in at 9, uh, verse 9. And you saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt and heard their cry at the Red Sea and performed signs and wonders against Pharaoh And all his servants and all the people of his land. For you knew that they acted arrogantly against our fathers. And you made a name for yourself as it is to this day. And you divided the sea before them so that they went through the midst of the sea on dry land. And you cast their pursuers into the depths as a stone into mighty waters. By a pillar of clouds you led them in the day and by a pillar of fire in the night to light for them the way in which they should go. You came down on Mount Sinai and spoke with them from heaven and gave them right rules and true laws, good statutes and commandments, and you made known to them your holy Sabbath and commanded them uh, commandments and statutes and a law by Moses your servant. You gave them bread from heaven for their hunger and brought water for them out of the rock for their thirst. And you told them to go possess the land that you had sworn to give them. Listen to this part. But... They and our fathers acted presumptuously and stiffened their neck and did not obey your commandments. They refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them, but they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and did not forsake them. Remember, this is Old Testament, right? We always hear the Old Testament's all, you know, hellfire, brimstone, just bad. But we see here that they recognize, and God was a gracious God. He is a gracious God, even then, even under the law. In verse 18, even when they had made for themselves a golden calf and said, this is your God who brought you up out of Egypt and had committed great blasphemies. You and your great mercies did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud to lead them in the, the way did not Depart from them by day, nor the pillar of fire by night, to light for them the way by which they should go. You gave your good spirit to instruct them, and did not withhold your manna from their mouth, and gave them water for thirst. Forty years you sustained them in the wilderness, and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. And you gave them kingdoms and peoples, and allotted to them every corner, so they took possession of the land. Of Sion, the king of Hezbon, and the land of Og, king of Bashan. You multiplied their children as the stars of heaven, and you brought them into the land that you had told their fathers to enter and possess. And so the descendants went in and possessed the land, and you subdued before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into their hands with their king, kings and the peoples of the land, and that they might do with them as they would. And they captured fortified cities in a rich land and took possession of houses full of all good things, cisterns already hewn, vineyards, olive orchards, and fruit trees in abundance. And so they ate and were filled and became fat and delighted themselves in your great goodness. And here's the chunk we're going to really focus on today. Nevertheless, they are disobedient disobedient and rebelled against you and cast your law behind their backs and killed your prophets who had warned them in order to turn them back to you, and they committed great blasphemies. Therefore you gave them into the hands of their enemies who made them suffer. And in the time of their suffering, they cried out to you, and you heard them from heaven. And according to your great mercies, you gave them saviors who saved them from the the hand of their enemies. But after they had rest, they did evil again before you, and you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies so that they had dominion over them. Yet when they turned and cried to you, you heard from heaven, and many times you delivered them according to your mercies, and you warned them in order to turn them back to your law. Yet they acted presumptuously and did not obey your commandments, but sinned against your rules, which if a person does them, he shall live by them. And they turned to a stubborn shoulder and stiffened their neck and would not obey. Many years you bore with them and warned them by your spirit through your prophets, yet they would not give ear. Therefore, you gave them into the hands of the people, the hand of the peoples of the lands. Nevertheless, in your great mercies, you did not make an end of them or forsake them, for you are a gracious and merciful God. Now, therefore, our God, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love, let not all the hardship seem little to you that has come upon us. "'upon our kings, our princes, our priests, "'our prophets, our fathers, and all your people "'since the time of the kings of Assyria until this day. "'Yet you have been righteous in all that has come upon us, "'for you have dealt faithfully, and we acted wickedly. "'Our kings and princes, our priests, and our fathers had, "'have not kept your law and paid atten- or paid attention "'to your commandments and your warnings "'that you gave them, even in their own kingdom "'and amid your great goodness that you gave them.' And in the large and rich land you set before them, they did not serve you or turn from their wicked works. Behold, we are slaves this day in the land you gave uh, to our fathers to enjoy its fruit and its good gifts. Behold, we are slaves, and its rich yield goes to the kings whom you have set over us because of our sins. They rule over our bodies and over our livestock as they please, and we are in great distress. Verse 38, because of this, we make a firm covenant in writing, And on the sealed document are the names of our princes, our Levites, and our priests. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, for your word. And God, I thank you for this account, Lord. And and, and just as we look at this today, Father, just as, again, we see the focus, we see the fact that they recognize, Lord, your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy, and again, Lord, just who you are. And God, throughout the history, Father God, all of history, um, we see, Lord, your hand and your faithfulness. And, God, we also see this pattern, Father God, of where, as, as this passage says, that we can become stiff-necked. We can go against, Lord, what you've called us to. And so, God, we just truly ask, Lord, for forgiveness in that. And, God, we ask that today you would speak to your word, that you would challenge us. And, God, we just thank you again for what you have in store for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was thinking as, you know, we look at this passage, we could just go verse by verse, if you will. Is that okay with all of you? No, okay. (laughs) Just a little joke. Um, You know, we will just take a a chunk of it towards the end. But, you know, I I hope, uh, hopefully you didn't like zone out, you know, during that when we were going through that, because again, you see this pattern, right? You see kind of this parallel uh, of kind of almost two rails. You see God, you see his faithfulness, right? And you see the people and they're continued just, you know, it's like almost like when things go well, they just turn away from the Lord, don't they? They start doing things their own way. And what God does is he doesn't, you know, he doesn't bring, like, punishment. Instead, what it is, what, what does it say he did? It says he, he pulls away. He, he, he backs away and lets them, like, this is what you want. You know, and that's kind of sometimes what our uh, greatest punishment is uh, in one sense, is really when God says, if this is what you want, then here you go. <laughs> and we get it and we find out there's a lot more that comes with it, right, that we didn't want. And so, again, we see this pattern, and we see it, you know, carried out throughout what we read today. And, you know, as we look at this, again, we see this, This it's again, it's a prayer, really, that's being read, that's being said to this large group of people. And, you know, who is the prayer mostly about? It's, it's about God. It's about God and his faithfulness. And, you know, again, when it speaks of God's people, it's, a lot of times that how God showed his goodness and grace with his people, even when they were acting crazy, right? And for us today, I think we can find some solace there, you know, and the fact that, you know, when we make mistakes or when we fall or when we wander or when we see just things going on, we know that God is still present. God is still faithful. And God is looking and he is moving, you know, he's looking for, again, that next uh, place where he can, Enter the scene, or he's gonna bring us to that place and where our hearts would turn and come back to him. Remember that in this scene, the Israelites, you know, they've been hearing from the book of the law of Moses, and they were celebrating this, this feast of booths or tabernacles. And so, you know, again, they walked through this, their history, right? That's that's basically what we just read was the process that led them to the place where they were at that time when this was being said and read. And so again, they're they're present there. And, you know, this is all, again, this is being done and being led by the Levites in prayer, right? The the ones that would pray over the people. And so we saw this. And in in chapter 9 and verse 33, you know, they recognize that God, he says that, yet you have been righteous in all that has come upon us. And listen to this, for you have dealt faithfully and we have acted wickedly. Now, again, that's, to me, <laughs> it's painfully truthful, isn't it? No one can ever say that God hasn't been faithful, right? That God hasn't been faithful. In our lives, when, when troubles come, when trials come, now, you know, in my, I know in my experience, many times those things have come oftentimes as a result of my own, <laughs> can I say, stupidity or ignorance or just making bad decisions, right? And a lot of us here, I'm sure, you know, growing up and and, and throughout our lifetime have made bad decisions, maybe bad decisions that had consequences. And sadly, you know, I think God gets the rap for a lot of things that we really kind of have brought on ourselves, right? And that's something, again, that that we always need to come back to this place and we always need to have this, this picture of who God is. You know, we were in our, our third Next Steps class this morning um, and, it, and the folks that are going through that. And as we, we started our time, you know, in prayer, um, you know, I, I paused and I shared this with the group of, of why. Because, you know, I think we can just move into approaching God so quickly sometimes and it's always good just to kind of stop and to pause, right? And to remember who God is, who we're praying to, you know, to remember God has been faithful and that God is present. Not just, you know, we're not just like kind of throwing up you know, uh, hopes and prayers to like a genie in the sky, we, we can look back in our life and see God's faithfulness. We can see the path that brought us to the place that, that we're in today. Who here in this room or, or watching, who, who here loves change? Yeah? I mean, some people do, some people don't. Most people, you know, maybe a little bit or there's some places you know, but we kind of, we're creatures of habit, aren't we? We get in our groove, we get in our, our kind of, well, can I call it lovingly, our rut. You know, we just, we get in this, this thing and, um, you know, change is not easy. Change is not easy. But with God and, and what, you know, what we're talking about, what we're looking at today and, and what was kind of being shared there is, is that, you know, but change, it, it is possible. You know, God doesn't call us to something that is not obtainable, now, let me be clear, too, we, we oftentimes can't obtain it in our own strength or, or, or abilities. But don't, don't ever say, you know, that's, that's just the way I am, right? This is just how I am. Because God has, has made a way and it makes it possible for us to, to change and to become more like him and to come past those places to grow spiritually in maturity and understanding, and so, again, you know, God is calling us to this, and God is, he wants to bring us to that place of change. And, you know, the story here, you know, with Ezra, as we talked about, you know, it's Ezra and Nehemiah are, are kind of in the scene here. And it, Ezra speaks to the need of genuine repentance when sin had, had nearly ruined them and, and us too. It does the same thing for us, right? And again, you know, this, it's, it's acknowledging, from our past, the sin, but here as we read through, you know, this sin had brought them to that place and they recognized it. That's what the amazing thing is, is you notice that there was an account, they recognized it through the generations, well, this is where you were faithful, this is where we failed. This is where you were faithful, this is where we fell, right? And we saw this this contrast and they acknowledged, you know, the exiles acknowledged that they must acknowledge their sin uh, that left them spiritually bankrupt, and that's what sin does, right? That's what sin does. And you know, we we have the beauty of being in the New Testament under a new covenant. You know, we have the cross and the, the payment you know, of Jesus that was paid for your sin and for my sin. But don't think that sin doesn't have consequences or effects still, right? It's not like we say, hey, look at the cross, look, you know, look what Jesus did. Now I can just go on sinning, and when I feel like it, like, oh Lord, God will forgive me, right? Anybody ever talked to somebody like that before? Like, well, you know, God will forgive me. Hopefully it wasn't yourself. <laughs> but it's understanding that, and, and, you know, again, what sin uh, does and the, the payment that, that is, is uh, wrapped up in that. You see, they had to admit, as they went through this, they had to admit their failures to go to the extreme measures to correct them, and so do we. What do you mean by extreme measures, Pastor Dell? Well, again, the whole idea of repentance, all right, do you understand this? Repentance is, you know, if we're going one direction and we realize that this is wrong, it holds to it the idea or the, the understanding that there's a turning away from whatever that is and going the opposite direction, right? Now, again, if you've ever heard maybe that phrase, like that pet sin or something, that little thing, right? Those are the ones that always get us that little thing that kind of lingers, this thing doesn't hurt anybody, or nobody sees this, or it's not really affecting anybody. But if it's sin, it's sin. And if we're willingly embracing it over and over, then that's, that's a conscious act, right? That's not a mistake. That's not a, you know, oh, oh well, you know, it's just, it's no big deal. And then we want to turn around and we go to God and say, God, why aren't you blessing me? Or why, why is this? Or where are you, you know? We're trying to like walk with, you know, kind of one foot in the world and one foot in, in our walk with Christ and it doesn't work that way. How many know that there's posts in every fence? <laughs> Some people got that. But we have to understand that. Again, we have to, again, go to the extreme measure. When I, when I say extreme, again, it seems like, wow, that's extreme, Pastor Dell. But again, we should, that should be our attitude towards sin but again we make consequences or uh, excuses i mean and we we understand or we you know or we we maybe don't understand the consequences that come from our actions in 2nd Timothy chapter 2 verses 21 and 22 listen to this it says therefore if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable so who does the cleansing yeah we do right it, there's, there's a part that we do in that. So if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Verse 22, probably a familiar verse for most people. So what? Flee youthful lusts or youthful passions and pursue righteousness. So what do we flee? The youthful passions, right? Sin. Does everybody understand what flee means? (laughs) Is that like a casual, like, you know, okay, I guess I should kinda, no, it's like a running the opposite direction. Whatever that is, for some of you, maybe it's a spider, whatever that is, that thing, you know, I've seen how my wife responds when she sees a spider. That's what we're supposed to do with sin, right? We're supposed to flee, and then there's another part to that. We would just run aimlessly? No, it says what, we pursue what? righteousness, righteousness, faith, love and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a what a pure heart. So again you know if you're wondering yes, you know there is a we cannot just make ourselves clean before the Lord, right That only happens through the, the blood of Christ through the, through the work of the cross that we're found righteousness or righteous before God but, Notice that we have a part that there's a cleansing of ourselves. There's a a submission or submitting ourselves to what God wants to do to cleanse us from unrighteousness. So we can choose then not to cleanse ourselves. And here's the deal: you know, a lot of Christians today are walking around with, you know, kind of muddy hands, if you will, of with sin, and they're just touching everything. (laughs) You know? Again, we have a seventy-five pound boxer, and when he goes out running through, he—I I swear there can be no like fresh dirt anywhere—and he will find something. And he comes in, and sure enough, there's his muddy prints, and you can see everywhere he's been, everywhere without question. And he always finds like the cleanest spots, it seems. And how many times does that happen in the church or in our or in our lives where? Believers even, sometimes, that haven't chosen to address sin, they're walking around with those muddy kind of hands, if you will, and they leave their mark all over the place. Because they've not chosen righteousness, and they've not chosen to submit themselves to be cleansed before God, and they're not pursuing that. Scripture says we're supposed to be in the world, but not of it, right? And the reality is, as we as Christians, we are called, as followers of Christ, we are called to go into the world to carry the gospel, to carry the good news. That means we're going to have to go into things, to into places, you know, to carry that gospel. But we have to do so in a way, again, that's honoring to the Lord, That to remember that we're on mission there. You know, church, again, I I desire more than anything for a God just to really, you know, to truly pour out his spirit when we are gathered together as his church to really start to do something, to begin to turn our hearts, to cleanse us and, and to bring us closer to himself. I haven't done this for a while. I don't think I've ever done it here. Don't worry, I'm not gonna sit down, take a break. Let me set this up properly. The chair. Here's a chair, but let's say that this is our thing that we just really like. The thing that, you know, really, that thing that maybe isn't hurting anybody. Maybe that thing, you know, it's just that thing, right? And God's been saying, you know, you don't need that. You don't need that thing. But we tend to walk around and we want to hold on to this, right? We just hold it tight. And then we're like, you know, God's trying to give us something. God's trying to hand us, you know, whatever it is that we're wanting, whatever we're desiring. And he's like, you know, if you let go of the chair, I could give you what I want for you, what I want for your life. And what I have, you know, that's life-giving, that's going to just be amazing and awesome, But we stand here and be like, well, this, but this is my chair. (laughs) This is the thing I like. And we just hold on to it even tighter, you know, and then somebody comes around and, you know, they want to get close or they try to take our chair and we just kind of grip to it tighter. Like how much can we hold when we're holding on to something else, right? It's like, you know, you've got a dollar in your hand and somebody's trying to hand you like, here's, I have a million dollars I'd like to hand you, but you're going to, I'll tell you what, I'll exchange that, you know, that dollar for a million dollars. But this dollar's mine. <laughs> it's crazy, right? And so, again, we, we want to walk around and we carry these things when God is trying to tell us, let go and let me, let me bless you, let me give this to you. And we wonder why. You know, we wonder why there's not, that's not happening. And it's because there's things in our life that we need to deal with. And I'm just going to say this also this morning, you know, I believe right now there's it's that thing is probably on your mind right now. It's probably on your mind. And you're probably thinking well he's not talking about that. But that's the thing I'm talking about. Okay? <laughs> that's the thing. If you're if you're wondering or questioning, that's the thing. And God wants to to bring you from where you are into whatever that next thing is, the next chapter, that next place, but you need to trust him and you need to let go of that thing. I always say this to people. I always tell them, you know, not every good thing is a God thing. Because people can take something that's good and they can spin it and they can use it for for evil, right? So again, it's it's understanding what is God trying to do? What is he showing you that you need to let go of? There's a, I'll just, when I was, uh, I think I was just out of high school. And there was a season, again, don't, you know, whatever, don't do this unless God calls you to this. But I was, you know, music is very influential. It's very powerful, you know. And at at that time, I was just listening to all kinds of stuff. Nothing really super bad, but, you know, I was just kind of doing my thing. And, you know, I really felt this strong conviction. Like, God was just like, you know what, I need you to you need to get rid of this stuff. And there was a season of life, of my life, where I chose to just, you know, really, you know, focus on listening to, to worship, to Christian music, just to, to, again, build my spirit up. And that was something, again, if, if you'd looked at it, if I would have showed you what my, the things I gave up were, you would kind of like, are you serious? That's like classic, you know, that's great. And I listen to some of those things now, but it's just, there was, uh, God was calling me to something, to do something. And so then it came down to the point of being obedient or disobedient, right? And a lot of times that's what, what can happen. It's a, it's a matter of obedience to what God is calling us to. There's two kinds of sin in the world, right? There's sins of commission and there's sins of omission. And we always tend to focus on the sins of commission, right? If I walk down off the platform here, Adam, if I went up to you and I just like hit you on the head, right? That's a sin, you can call it that. I mean, I just, for no reason, I just, I just hit Adam. That's a sin of commission. I did something. But if God, if somebody, God put on somebody's heart, you know, Alan, if God put on your heart that you're supposed to minister to Adam as he's hurting and you said no, that would be a sin of omission where God is t- telling you to do something and you say, no, I, I don't want to do that. So you're not doing what God has told you to do. And a lot of times those things kind of fall to the side. We sort of push those off the plate, right? You're like, well, I'm not an axe murderer. (laughs) I didn't rob a bank. I'm doing pretty good, right? Only if you're doing what God has called you to do. And if God has put something on your heart to do, whatever that is, and you're not doing it, then that's disobedience and sin. So, again, coming back to the scripture here, as, as I mentioned at the start of this chapter, of chapter nine, they you know they start with a prayer, and again, they go through this history of Israel and God's promises and provisions, and again, that's something important for us. It's always, you know, it's good to go back sometimes and to remember, right? How many here uh, journal? Like, keep, you know, kind of some of your thoughts and writings, all right, a few people. Um, you know, and it's good, I, I go through seasons, I try, and I'm not consistent with that, I'll be honest, so don't feel bad if you don't. But what's great about journaling is then you can go back, right? And you can see, you know, even through those difficult times, you can see and go back and see how God has been faithful to bring you through, and, and you can recognize his hand on your life and what he's done. And so that's really what they're doing is they're going back and they're, they're, they're acknowledging how God has been faithful and how he brought them to this place. And then there comes this, these moments where they acknowledge sin, they recognize it of, of the past and, and of their forefathers. And so then the again the, the Levites lead them in this prayer of of what would we call restoration. And praise God for restoration. Amen. You know, because that's the beauty of, of serving the Lord, is that you know, there are times, there are things that the enemy can come in, or like I said, even from our own doing, where things are kind of robbed from us or taken from us. But the beauty of God is, is, is he can restore things to new, to be brand new. And so again, understanding, and that's what you know, they're praying this prayer. And you know, it paints this picture these, of the exiles as they continue to battle with sin and disobedience by identifying the ways, again, this present generation had participated in the same sins. And so they, they not only went back and looked, here's throughout history, here's God's faithfulness, here's where our forefathers missed the mark, But then here's where we've missed the mark as well. Anytime you see that phrase like stiff neck, they use that a lot. They had they recognized in themselves, they saw in themselves where they had missed the mark. And so for us, you know, it's not fun again to hold the mirror up in front of ourselves. It's not good to, you know, it's not easy to admit, you know, where we have made our mistakes. And it's not so that we, can, we have to dwell there or we have to be stuck there. And that's what I was saying earlier about change. You know, God, he's there. He can take that sin and he can give us the strength to walk through and, and to change and to, to walk a different road. But we have to give him space to that. Again, it just happened, I, I wasn't, honestly, wasn't really thinking of it, but with the next steps today, we also talked about the Acts model of prayer, which we've shared several times from here. But if you're not familiar with that, the acronym ACTS, when you pray, you know, you start with the A, which is adoration. And that's basically what they're, they're doing here in this. They kind of are walking through this model. They're, they're adoring God. They're, they're recognizing, again, his greatness, his faithfulness. And then you move to that place of confession. This is probably the place where we should spend the most time is, is confessing what we've done. You know, the things that we've done where we've fallen or we've failed God. And it's not so, you know, God's not gonna stand there and condemn us, because we, again, if, if you're a follower of Christ, that's what the blood of Christ is for. That's why the price was paid. It's so that we can bring that sin to the Lord and say, Lord, I messed up. I missed it again. <laughs> and that's the beauty of grace. That's the beauty of mercy, forgiveness. So, again, adoration, confession, and then what, thanksgiving. We thank the Lord for what he's done. We look back at, our, at the past and we see, you know, here's where we failed, but here's where God has been faithful, time and time and time again. And then we finish again with supplication we can bring our requests to the Lord. Sometimes church we have to go back to move forward, don't we? Sometimes we have to go back to move forward. And again, you know, I talk to some people and they'll say, you know, well, you know, that's my past. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like to focus. And again, I'm not telling you to focus. I'm not telling you to walk backwards, you know, staring at your past. But it's, it's important to remember where God has brought us from. Amen? There's nothing wrong with that. Why? Because the more, you know, that we were saved from and we recognize the fact that we didn't save ourselves, that only God brought us out from where we were, that paints that bigger picture of who God is. It reminds us of who God is as we are here today and as we walk out what we're facing now. But we need to understand that. You know, it's that whole phrase, You know, don't forget where you came from. Again, I think sometimes in certain circles of Christianity, you can, you know, again, we don't have to dwell back there. We don't have to live back there and we've been redeemed from that. Don't get me wrong or what I'm saying here. But we have to remember what God saved us from and what he brought us out of because then we can sit there from that point and now look at what we're facing now and say, you know what? God was faithful then. He'll be faithful now. Amen. He'll be faithful now. And so, again, we look around today, it can be difficult, and it can be hard to not, you know, become discouraged. And that's why it's good, you know, the passage that we're looking at today, again, it's 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 reminding it just gives us this big picture, this history of God's faithfulness. And so, you know, when we walk outside, when we go on the news, and when we see what's happening in our world. You know we can be reminded, and and again, it's it was just as bad, if not worse, than the times we're talking about, right? (laughs) You know, I mean, people were being like slaughtered. You know, there was just really bad stuff going on, and God was still at work. God was still moving. And so, don't ever say that you know it's too we're too far gone, because God is again, He that's where He specializes. But it comes down to this place, church, and again, this isn't fun. It's not a fun message, really, uh, to prepare for, but it's, it's, it's about confessing our sin. It's about coming back to that place and making room for the Lord to come in and fill us, to make us new. You know, and if you're in a season, like you know, we call it a dry season, You know, I always tell people, go back to the place. Where was the last thing God told you maybe to do something or impressed upon you to do something? And if you didn't follow through with that, if you weren't obedient in that, that might be the place you need to go back to and start from. Say, Lord, forgive me. You know, there's been times I've been out places, you know, gas station, grocery store, and God, you know, I just feel like I need to talk to this person that's here. I need to say something to them about the Lord. Lord and you know you write it off, you're in a hurry, right? Anybody anybody done that? And, and then once you walk away and you're in your car, and like, man, I should've said this, this, and this. It would've been perfect, right? I miss, the, I miss those moments <laughs> time and time again. But the beauty, again, I just sit there and say, God, I'm saying it again a lot today, but it's just because I keep going back and it just happens, right? We miss it, we miss it again and again and again. But then you know what happens? If we keep trying, one time you're gonna get it right. I'll get it right. And I've shared this this story before, but I was driving home one day from a long day at church. We had stuff before service, stuff after service. I'd preached on my way home, had something to get to. And again, if you remember this story, that there was a guy, there was one of those memorials on the side of the road, you know, where there'd been an accident. And I'll never forget him to this day, his name was Omar. And I drove by, had my boys with me, my older two boys. I'm trying to, I had stuff to go, it was summertime, it was hot, I think, if I remember right. Drove by, and you're just driving, I'm trying to like, I got, you know, I've been ministering all day, <laughs> and it just kind of kept coming up, and coming up, and coming up, and I was like, all right, and so I turned around, my sons were like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, they were a little nicer than that, but like, dad, like, what are you doing? Why are you turning, you know, it's like, I need to go back. So we went back and stopped, and talked to the guy. You know, I got out, he's like looking at me like I'm crazy, you know, like, what's this guy doing? I get out of the truck and the boys kind of sat there in the truck and they see me. And I just was like, you know what? I told him what I just told you. I, just, I felt like I needed to just come here and just let you know that, that God sees you here in this moment and he sees your pain and he wants you to know that he loves you. <sighs> just start sobbing. And I was able to just minister, you know, and it was his, his 19-year-old daughter, who was about a year and a half earlier, had been killed there with a friend of hers. And I was just able to just just bring just to sit with him for a while. I can't. I don't even think I said a ton of stuff. And I said, you know, you know, Omar, do you mind if I pray with you? And I prayed with him. Next like, thing so, you know, he's like, you know, hugging my neck, you know, like hugging me this real tight, and he's just sobbing, you know, snot and tears on my shoulder. And we just met. It was it was awesome. But that's that was the time one time I got it right, you know. And when you do that, when that happens, and you know, like you know what? And you, I drove away from there, and I was just it just felt so amazing to be used by God, right? as an instrument to bring his peace, to bring his love to somebody, to be his hands and feet. And that's what makes it all all worth it. And that's what God is calling us to. Now, again, obedience doesn't always guarantee that kind of response. So if you don't get that, don't be mad. (laughs) But even if somebody rejects you, the beauty is you can turn around and say, you know what, God, I'm just thankful that I've been faithful to you today. And I've been obedient to what you called me to do. And he'll honor you for that. He will bless you. Amen? All right. I only got about 17 pages of notes left. Just kidding. Well, as the exiles returned back again to worshiping God as he commanded, as, as we look at this scene, they could trust his promises to hold true even when they hadn't held up their side. And that's the great thing about God, too, is that he is faithful on his side of things even when we are not. When we break the contract, so to speak, he's still faithful and he's still there, he's still at work. And it comes down to this word, and that's where I think I got off on my little tangent there a little bit, but restoration, right, that we're restored. Restoration means the act of returning something or someone to its former state. And that's what's beautiful about our walk with the Lord. The need for restoration was obvious here, but it can only happen once they acknowledge their need for repentance. And I'll tell you, I, I, I haven't studied this, and I bet you, though, if you did like a Google search on repentance, and I, I'm pretty sure it's probably not one of the top messages being preached in most churches today, because it's not pretty, and it's not shiny, and it's not really fun to look at, but it's something that we need to hear, and it's something that we need to live out. We need to always be again, repenting for where we've fallen short. We need to be repentant. We all make decisions, you know, that sometimes require us to admit we've been wrong. All the husbands in here? Guys, yeah? No, I'm alone, seriously? You ain't gonna do anything, huh? You're just gonna leave me sitting here. It's a hard phrase, isn't it? I was wrong. It's even harder to, to mean it. <laughs> That's what's beautiful about marriage, though, is it helps you grow in those areas, even when you don't want to. Um, but it's, that's where it starts, is I, I made a mistake, I was wrong. And that's where, it, again, it starts with God. As we prepare to, to kind of close our time here uh, this morning, I want to do so just, you know, reminding us about the beauty of the fact that we are, we are no longer in the Old Testament, right? Something very significant has taken place. Jesus, the Son of God, the promised Messiah, came to earth. He walked this earth, and he died for you and for me, right? He was dead three days and resurrected from the grave. And that's the beauty of of where we are at now in the New Testament, in the New Covenant. In Galatians 3, verses 10 through 14 Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, "Cursed is everyone who's hanged on a tree so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. That's the beauty of, of the cross. That's the beauty of the work of the cross. And it's received, again, not by our merit, but by faith alone. And that's, again, what a wonderful, wonderful reminder and what a wonderful place that we have to, again, to kind of, to walk in. That in the account we've read today, they didn't have that at that time, only the promise of it. And so, again, you know, we go back to that place where they were at and then Christ came and and so now we walk in that. And what is the significance of that? Is that we can now walk in relationship With an almighty god a holy god i mean if you were here last week you remember um jesse he he was talking about the garden right about adam and eve and i love that picture i love that that if it's a sentence or verse where again where it talks about that god would come and walk come down and walk in the cool of the evening with adam think about that The God I don't know what it looked like exactly, but the God of the universe would come down and he would be there present and he would walk alongside. What is that? He would walk in relationship. He would walk in communion with his creation. And at the end of the day, with everything that we've talked about today, is we have to come back to that place of understanding that we have a restored relationship with God Almighty, God our Father, through Jesus Christ. And we have the Holy Spirit that is present now, that is, is here with us today. So we're not left by ourselves. And so again, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And you know, I look at this and I think about, again, even for myself, when I come to church and I'm, I'm just sort of like going through the motions and I don't understand the significance, the fact that we have not been left alone, but that God is with us, that God is present with us, that we have relationship. It could have been done different, right? It could have been done in the soul thing that, you know what, yeah, God's God and I, I, I'm this and this and you know, I agree to this, these terms, it's his terms, but he made a way for us to have relationship and once, until we have restored relationship this way, relationships this way, the horizontal are never gonna work out right. <laughs> And so I want to encourage you here today, if you're somebody who's here today that, that has that relationship, that's made that profession of faith, then I want to remind you today that you walk in communion, in relationship with the Almighty God. <laughs> so who, what do we have to fear? Tell me. But the problem is, is we get our eyes off of that. We get our eyes off of God and who he is. We get our eyes off of the fact that we are not alone, that he is present with us, and we see this problem or we see this challenge or we see this thing in front of us, and it becomes very big. It looks very big. And that's why we have to come back to the word. That's why we have to come back to that place of understanding that God is with us. God is, he's he's in relationship with me. Isn't that what it's all about? It's our relationship, relationship with God. The sooner we recognize that, the sooner we recognize, again, that anytime there is something in between, you know, that's, that's where sin comes in. And we, when we choose not to let it go, it, it, it puts a, a wedge, it puts a block in there. And God's like, like that chair. God's saying, let me take it. Just let it go. <laughs> and I'll take it from you. I'll take that burden from you. Aren't you tired of carrying the weight of whatever that is today? And God is here and God wants to take it from you and it begins with repentance so then we can be restored. Today, God is calling us to turn back toward him. Why? Yeah, you know, part of it's relationship, but also he wants to accomplish what he has set out for us to do. And we can't do that until we truly, again, turn to him, repent of whatever it is we we are carrying, and allow him to do what only he can do. And we have to make some significant changes along the way. (laughs) And that's not easy. But with God, all things are possible, amen? Amen, would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you for each person here in this place. Thank you, Lord, for every person that's watching online. And God, as we sit, Lord, in this structure here today, this building, as we sit in Long Grove, Illinois, this geographical location on the earth, God, let us not miss the fact that we are sitting today, Lord, in your presence. God, regardless of if we were here or wherever we were, Lord, that that you are there with us. God, I ask, Lord, I I just wanna begin by, again, saying, Lord, I repent for, again, taking for granted, Lord, the fact that that you are, are, are here, that you are with us. Lord, when I handle those things which are holy, Father, in a way that's just casual, God, I thank you that that every person in this room, every person watching online, Lord, is here today, is hearing this message for this time, for this hour, for a reason. And God, if there's anything that anyone is carrying here, Lord, in this place today, that they've not given over to you, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, again, just show them that thing, and, and Lord, that they would be brave enough in some cases, Lord, to let it go and to trust that you're gonna do something incredible with it. God, may we all be vessels, Lord, being filled to the point of overflowing, Lord, to be used by you, to impact the world around us, Lord. God, all of these things, Lord, on earth, all of these things, Lord, that we can be busy with, Father, again, so many of them are just are fleeting. So many of them are temporary. God, I pray that you would give us the eyes to see, Lord, the things that are eternal, have an eternal weight to them. God, I pray that you would give us the eyes to see people, Lord, your, your creation, Lord, people that need to hear, Lord, about you, to hear that there's hope, Lord God, oh my goodness. God, every way you turn, it's hopelessness. But God, there is always hope when you are in the equation, Lord. So God, we wanna, again, rest in that fact and in that point. God, I thank you, Lord, if there's anyone here, Lord, in this place that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that has not made that profession of faith, that today would be the day God, that they would acknowledge, Lord, that that there's sin in their lives, that they're a sinner. God, that there's no way that they can be in right relationship with you on their own, that they need a Savior and they need a Lord, and that person is Jesus Christ, the one who paid for their sin by dying on a cross, being buried and risen on the third day, and now sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. God, I pray that if anyone needs to, to make that profession, that today would be the day God, that they would let somebody know around them so that they can begin their journey and begin to grow. God, I thank you, Lord, that you just meet us, Lord, where we are, wherever we are, Lord, no matter what place we're in, that you meet us there, God. And we we are thankful for that. God, I ask you to just again bless each person here today. Thank you for this time we've had to hear your word. God, I pray it stirred our hearts, Lord, and it ultimately, as we've said, it changes us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand?